Welcome to Industry Insights, a podcast about key trends in different industries, what clients tell us, and how we can help them with innovative talent solutions. In this episode, I speak to Bruno Fiorentini, Global Industry Lead for Technology at the ADECO Group, about the changes in the tech sector, how the sector is redefining its limits, and the talent priorities it faces. Bruno, welcome. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, uh, your experience at the ADECO Group, um, and what you do. Hi, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here with you in this episode of our podcast. Look, I, I have been working in the technology industry for the past 25 years. I helped uh, launch Yahoo in many countries, mainly South America. Uh, then I worked for five years at Microsoft, uh, leading the areas like cloud and uh, online advertising. Uh, after that, I went for Amazon, and that's how I ended up in Seattle, where I'm based for the past eight years. Last year, I joined the Deco Group, as I think the future of work is one of the most exciting fields of work today. So I'm very happy to be here and very happy to lead the tech sector for the DECO group, focusing on the global strategic accounts. How would you de- actually describe the changes that the technology sector has been going through uh, in the past 10-15 years? Look, technology is a very, very fast-paced sector. I think we saw so many changes that it's even harder to go back 10-15 years, like you said. Imagine that 15 years ago, probably we were starting to get the first iPhones. Can you imagine that? About 20 years ago, 20, yeah, about 20 years ago, Google was not that relevant. Two of the tech giants today were still in the very early stages, uh, 15 to 20 years ago. E-commerce was still in the very, very early stages. So the technology sector is incredibly dynamic. Uh, If I look now, actually, some of the most recent changes, especially uh, after the COVID-19, which is an event that we cannot ignore, uh, I think the sector is now redefining its limits. It became really embedded in all other industries uh, and in all other business. I like to say that every company today is a tech company. Even that small shop where you go to get your coffee in the morning can't survive without technology. And this is very powerful. Now, With power, obviously, comes lots of responsibilities. So I I believe there is an expectation that the tech giants will help help set up new paradigms, that they will constantly innovate, uh, that they will really empower the progress. Uh, During the pandemic, I think the main players really accelerated transformation and led the way in a very reactive mode. We were reacting to an event that was very unexpected. Now... It's time to understand the learnings and prioritize what's next. What's next, actually? Uh, I mean, obviously, the tech sector has traditionally been very attractive to potential candidates. Do companies need to actually reevaluate, for example, their employer branding, given these new attitudes to work in general? Obviously, you know, as every company, attraction and retention are the biggest challenges for the tech companies as well. Uh, And as every client, they want to attract with speed and agility, you know, and quality. But as I said, every company became a tech company. Therefore, every company competes for the same talent, especially in the IT space. 
In the past, or in the very recent past, the mix of compensation leveraged by uh, growing stocks and a very accelerated growth of stocks and a unique place to innovate has attracted many talents from software developers until marketeers and salespeople. Now, the world changed. As you, you were commenting in your question, the new generation has much more options. And in fact, the new generation has also other expectations. First of all, they really believe they can choose where they want to work. And because of that, they prioritize the experience. They want challenges that excite them. They want mobility. They want to work from anywhere. And every company needs to understand that, but especially the tech companies that still are very dependent on those talents. In lieu of those new expectations, companies, the tech sector companies, especially the leaders, very, very clearly building a distributed workforce. Uh, and a distributed workforce is, in fact, a mix of uh, permanent people, permanent talents, and a contingent workforce that comes and goes for different projects. So, I mean, they, they are offering flexibility and, and probably focusing much more on lateral mobility. The other interesting thing is there is lots of new pools of talents uh, around the world. And this brings another important thing that the tech sector has been focusing on, which is diversity. Diversity has been a priority for the tech sector in the past two years. And with diversity, it comes a huge investment on inclusion, on how you really make the environment of work an environment where everyone has a voice, no matter your background, no matter your characteristics. I think this is very positive. This is always very positive because this is going to bring also different lenses to the market, different ways to innovate. But now, another thing that we need to, to think about is that the profile of a successful leader in this industry changed because of that. You need people that can manage remote teams, that can actually build culture, culture throughout uh, you know, remote management, which is much different than when everybody was in the same office at the same time. They need to spy, inspire the teams. They need to, to actually get the teams to have resilience, but at the same time to have agility. Look, the new generation has different expectations. They generate new challenges for attracting and retaining talents. One other topic that I, I think it's incredibly important for them is sustainability. They are choosing companies that are really committed with sustainability. And the tech sector is not uh, immune to that. In fact, uh, you, you know that the data centers, the cloud instances, they consume much more energy, for example, than many other companies consume. So clear plans to how to be more efficient, to how to actually build a sustainable future is incredibly important for this new generation as well. So as you see, is a mix of innovation, flexibility, experience, and commitment with a better future. What makes you excited, Bruno, to work with tech companies? I hear a lot of excitement and a lot of passion um, in, in your answers, but what are some of the things that throughout your career and also now at the ADECO Group makes you really excited to, to actually deal with tech companies? I love to work in an industry that is shaping the future of the world. The tech industry really shapes the future of the world. And I've been working this while I'm in a company like ADECO Group that shapes the future of work. So 
you see, it's a great combination. And, and that's why I, I'm so passionate about what I do. And just to build on, on that, uh, I mean, not, traditionally, the tech sector has been perceived as highly innovative as a driver for new business models. What can other industries learn from their talent strategies? Any specific lessons, any particular approaches that can be adopted more broadly across industries? I would like to answer this question thinking about one of the big trends that's actually starting to, to grow in the past years, but it's coming up even stronger, which is hyper-automation. This is going to be a very interesting technology that once accelerated in companies are going to change a little bit the dynamic of how talents uh, work. Hyper-automation basically uh, is the combination of, you know, uh, artificial intelligence, machine intelligence, RPA, robotic process automation, you know, and it's very focused on process. It's very focused on understanding all the process and try to eliminate the tasks that are very repetitive, that, you know, basically trying to automate anything that can be automated. Uh, basically, the promise of, of hyper-automation is that you don't have to invest in multiple separate automation platforms, but, you know, you reduce cost and complexity substantially, and uh, you basically eliminate the need to recruit expensive hires with very niche skills. There is a term that I love, which is we are trying to build athletes. And when we talk about athletes, the concept for workers is that we are thinking about workers that can actually play in many different areas, in many different sectors, in many different fields. And with that, you know, you enhance the experience of the talent and obviously you get them more excited and more engaged uh, in your company. This way of looking at work as some place that you can work, not just from anywhere, because people have been focusing a lot in the hybrid models or remote models as an ability for work to work from anywhere. The new talents, they want to work at their time. They want to work based on outcomes, not based on hours anymore. When we say that, you know, we have shortage of supply, when we say that this is a talent market, I think the talents are making that a talent market. And that's a very subtle and different concept than what had happened in the past. Final question. Do you remember your first day at your first job ever? I do. And could you <laughs> tell us a little bit what your experience was like? Look, and, and now I'm I'm going to tell you that I'm, I'm a very experienced guy. I've been working for a very long time. I remember that, you know, I, I did economics. So my, my background is in economics. And I went to work for a bank in a time in the early 90s when in Brazil, I, I'm Brazilian, we had hyperinflation. So it was a very, very fast-paced environment. And I remember getting there looking at that big building that I was entering. I was a trainee at the time and, you know, right fresh out of university and thinking that, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to learn everything that I want to learn. And I think that has been my mantra since, since then. Thank you for making <laughs> the time to speak to us. It was a pleasure. Absolutely, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure speaking to you.